Welcome, everyone. Good morning. This is FSI 204. My name is uh, Felix Candelario. Uh, this is JP Morgan Chase, moving workloads at speed and scale. Uh, I'm a senior manager, head up the acceleration team at Amazon Web Services. Hi, everybody. Uh, good to see you this morning. Uh, my name is Gerdit Vegeta. I work at JP Morgan Chase in the chief technology office, and I head up uh, public cloud enablement. Uh, excited to share our story with you today. Um, so yeah, over to you, Felix. Thanks so much for coming today. Um, we're really excited to have you here. We're excited to have Gurdeep and, uh, and have JPMC be such a fantastic customer. I think you're going to hear a great story today. Um, really excited, and uh, without further ado, why don't you take us out? Okay, so let's spend a bit of time today just discussing how we're going to go through the, the conversation. So the first thing on the agenda is we're going to talk about the headline and really give you a sense of why did we decide to come to reInvent and, uh, and discuss our, our progress so far? Then we're going to move into kind of the takeaways. So I think if you come to talks like this, it's always good to take a practical element away. So we'll try and make sure you have some of those takeaways covered as well. The next thing we're going to do is we're going to cover off a little bit context about JPMorgan Chase. Now, uh, I would bet that some of you folks have heard of JPMC, but I want to give you some sense of why the story is relevant to the public cloud space, and we'll, and we'll dig into that. Now, the story that we're going to be talking through today is really split into two sections. And uh, because of that, there's a piece that's uh, before the pivot, and then there's a piece that's uh, after the pivot. So we're going to cover that as well. And then we're going to wrap up, and you can carry on with your day. So the headline that I promised you, so let's discuss uh, so why are we here. So the key thing for us is that our journey into the public cloud space has been one that has gone through quite a number of uh, twists and turns. And really, the graph that is up on the screen is showing you the fact that, look, in the early days, we were working through some key pieces of the puzzle. Um, but we're at a point now where we've had significant acceleration in 2019, and we wanted to come and share this with you. We're at a point now where we have, in the region of 900%, if not more, workloads moving to production. And we'll talk about how that's occurred, why that's occurred and uh, kind of give you an insight into some of the lessons that we've learned along the way as well. We're at a point now we've got full CI-CD uh, toolchain in place. We're able to uh, really get to a point of unlocking all of the goodness that comes with, with public cloud and AWS. And uh, we're moving into spaces now where we can get kind of things like self-service uh, available for our engineering community. So it's definitely, it, it's definitely a, a story you want to share with yourselves. The takeaways that you'll get from today's conversation are going to be along the lines of uh, the following. So the first one is really that uh, I mentioned in the introduction that for us, this journey has not been a straightforward road. There's been quite a few twists and turns. And one of the key things for us has been recognizing the fact that going end to end is, is paramount in terms of making sure that you can get to that speed and acceleration. So we're going to discuss end-to-end -end and, and dive into that in a bit more detail. The second one is actually this concept around keeping it simple. And uh, I'm a fan of keeping things as simple as they can be. But actually, sometimes, if you want to do the simplest things, they are the hardest things to, to do. And uh, we're, going to, we're going to cover that in today's conversation. And then the last point is going to be about kind of the scaling aspect. So the title of the talk is Moving Workloads at Speed and Scale. The scaling aspect we'll talk to in the third part of the conversation. And that's all going to cover off the fact that um, we're now at a point where we've got uh, a fair amount of, um, of, of scale across uh, our sites. 
Now, a little bit here about JPMorgan Chase. So for those that don't know, we're a large financial institution. A um, bit of background in terms of us is that uh, our scale is one where, look, you're moving a fair amount of, uh, of uh, monies around the globe when, you, when you're moving $6 trillion around. Uh, you need to do that in a secure, reliable, resilient way. You need to make sure that all those customers, those 51 million active digital customers, uh, can keep on doing those transactions, keep on running their businesses, but do so in such a way that when we move to public cloud, like, there's no disruption for them. And this is key, so we, so we have all of that context, but the thing we also have, the context is the technology organization, and it's the tech organization that's really the, the key part of today's talk. And on the tech side, we have, um, again, we have in the region of about 53,000 technologists in our organization. And uh, by chance, if you flip the two numbers around, 35,000 are the number of hands-on engineers. And it's those hands-on engineers that I kind of see as the customer base for us in the public cloud space. These are our potential customers to use the stuff that we unlock. And, um, and, and it's key. And then the conversation is really going to be about, about those folks. Now, those hands-on engineers, what are they doing? Well, they're caring and nurturing for in the region of six and a half thousand applications that we have. Now, you're gonna hear me today mention the word application and workload. They're gonna be interchangeable for today's talk. I'll also mention the word customer. When I say customer, I'm referring to those, those 35,000 technologists. So, with that. Um, yeah, I, I think um, before we go, you can probably see why we're so excited to, uh, to have these folks here. Um, they have significant responsibility. Um, quite a bit of business moves through their firm. And to see the results um, is really heartening, right? Because we're, we're certain uh, at AWS that no matter your size or your scale, um, given some focus, as JPMC has, um, you can, we can reach these results. Thank you very much, Gates. So let's talk about this pivot point as I introduced uh, in, in, the, uh, in the introduction. So, what were we doing before the pivot? So you saw the graph earlier. In the, uh, in the early years, these foundational years, uh, I call them foundation. You have a fancy term for this, Felix? Oh, uh, the cool kids, they call it uh, the landing zone. Oh, yeah. the, the landing zone. I will uh, make a mental note. Cool kids. So what were we doing? So we were understanding services. We were understanding, if you look at the AWS uh, breadth of services, we were understanding like how do we bring those services in and actually enable them for usage across our organization. And a key part for that was also ensuring that we could actually layer up on top of those native services everything that we need in order to be compliant to the regulated environment that we sit in. So layering on top the control layer was, was key and, and paramount for us to do as well. So lots and lots of good work happened in this, in this phase. Um, and we were also making sure that we could get to a point of actually enabling uh, what I would determine as self-service because one of the key facets of obviously moving to uh, public cloud is you can enable our engineers to move, move at pace and, uh, and really have freedom of choice around services. So this is what we do in the early years. And um, even, even to this day, like we, have a, we have a fantastic team uh, that are based around this, uh, this landing zone. And, uh, and, and they're, they're making sure that this foundational layer is there in place and it's, it's doing a lot of the heavy lifting uh, that's needed. Now, this point on self-service. So let's talk about that for a second. Felix. No trick question. Tell me how you get an AWS account. Oh, so I have the easy questions. Yeah. Uh, okay. You take your, your Chase credit card, or we accept other credit cards as well. You uh, swipe on the website, then good five 
minutes or so, 15 minutes, you'll have an account ready to go, ready to do cloud. No cigar, but close. <laughs> that, is part, that is part of the journey. Um, but look, when, when, you, when you're in that operating environment, you can definitely do that. But one of the things you need to do is, I, I refer to this as kind of supercharging the account. So you get an account from Amazon, it gets vended to you, but when you're sitting in, in, in our space, uh, you need to basically put a bit more horsepower in, and uh, the term that I like to use is, is batteries included. So these accounts, we take them in, and we do a whole bunch of work with them. So we make sure that really the point at which we are connecting the JPMC environment up with the AWS environment, we can ensure that we've got everything in flight. So the key thing is that we don't have to have all of our engineers effectively putting their card behind the bar, because that would be an issue. Um, second thing is making sure that, look, things like network connectivity, things like making sure that there's a path from on-premises into, into AWS is there and solution for, and we're not having to do that over and over again. We're also making sure that things like interactive access and things like self-service enablement are all there because, look, one of the things when you're a long company like we are, um, you've got systems in place that do lots of the processes and you've got lots and lots of folks uh, wrapped around those. They've been there for years. And this is not like we're just gonna lift the entire bank and move it into a public cloud arena. We are trying to ensure that the two things marry up together. So the points I've got on the board around like identity and endpoint security, like all of this is there. I mean, making sure that it's solved for and solved for once. So in these early years, in that chart, all this hard work was going on in, in flight. And actually, there's a huge amount of uh, benefit reaped from um, the, this, this landing zone. Um, and I believe, Felix, that we're not, uh, we're not alone in no, going no. down this path. Yeah, this is, um, I would say this is a pretty common experience for, for customers. And when you, when you talk to us, you'll hear us say things like the journey to the cloud, right? We don't say uh, the quick jaunt to the cloud or like stopping by the bodega very quickly. Um, it's a bit of a journey and that's because you're doing, you're doing stuff like this. You're doing stuff that's gonna make it repeatable for you to be able to vend out uh, accounts to your customers. It's good to know we're not alone. <laughs> so once we had the landing zone in place, what, uh, what were we doing? So the next piece was really around the self-service enablement and I classify kind of the approach that we took into two approaches, actually. So the first one was really this service-by-service service enablement aspect because, look, the panacea is that you can give developers access to services and they can go, go and pick those up. And as I mentioned in the intro, like one of the key things we focus our attention on is making sure that we wrap everything that we need to do, which are our mandated controls on top of the Amazon layer, is that we have those all in place. Now that conversation very quickly then morphed into something that was more along the lines of looking at complex workloads. And these complex workloads, like they're big, they're hairy, they require a lot of attention. These workloads are the ones that your business groups are, they're yearning for. These are the ones that they wanna get full return on investment on to move to public cloud. And for us, this was a fair number of burst compute use cases. And Look, the, the, the theory here is that if you go for the hardest use case and you solve for that, then what you're gonna find is that there's lots of common denominators for the rest of the organization to reap from. And we definitely went down this path and it was, it was successful in the sense that it helped flush out a lot of understanding, got a cohort of people understanding how to use public cloud in the organization, started to bring down the views on what, how we would do this in our firm and, and was great. One of the things, though, that we found was that, uh, look, those workloads, they really do require some attention. 
And uh, when you're basically um, in, in this mode of trying to get services understood, you're trying to get all that control layer postured in, and you're trying to do self-service. When you do it with these complicated workloads, actually what we found was that the repeatable mechanism wasn't necessarily there. There was lots of what I would refer to as human middleware enabling those workloads, and therefore our ability to scale them across our breadth of organization wasn't really something that we had realized. And look, one of the things that we, I've already had it in the introduction, is that we had fewer workloads than we had anticipated to have at that time in production. Yeah, um, there may be folks in the room for whom this is resonating. You may actually be recognizing um, yourselves in this graph and saying like, look, I feel like I'm doing great engineering work, we're building controls, but we feel as though we have fewer workloads in production than we would like. Um, and if you feel like you're in that place, the thing that I would say is, uh, take a look at your approaches, right? The, the service by service approach, um, that's, a, that's a reasonable approach. It kind of makes sense when you think of how we lay out the console, right? So you think to yourself, okay, I'll enable this service and then this service. There's downsides to that approach, of course, and that is that it doesn't do the best job at revealing where the most amount of engineering work has to get done, and that's really at the integration points, and that's at the integration points between our services, but also between our services and your on-prem services. The, the second approach mentioned, the 800-pound uh, the gorilla approach, um, that one is admirable, it's noble. Um, if you find yourself here maybe tackling, uh, moving your trading platform, or your first workload feels like it's very complex, don't freak out, we can, we can help. Um, but what I will say is that um, there's uh, some downsides to this approach. The first is um, this approach, you know, when you look at it, you take these requirements. And some customers, what they do is they mistakenly take those requirements and they apply it to the vast majority of their application portfolio. And they end up with a smaller number of applications that they perceive can go. And that's, that's, a, that's a bit painful. The, the other way that it goes sideways is, um, look, I, I'm, sure, I'm sure people would be relieved to hear this, but like, this, this can be pretty hard in and of itself. Uh, and you don't need a hard workload to really reveal um, the stuff that has to get done. In essence, simpler apps can do just as well at revealing those integration points than a complex one. So definitely make it easier for yourself if you can. So in terms of making itself uh, easier for ourselves, there's definitely uh, uh, a tee up there for the, for the next piece. So let's move into now kind of the, the pivot point of our conversation. And actually, so chronologically, this is probably around March, April timeframe this year. And one of the things that we uh, sat down as a, an enablement team was, uh, again, with uh, quite a few folks who are in the audience here today. I won't name them. Um, but one of the things that we did was we decided to take really a view on, like, why weren't we able to move to production? Why weren't we able to scale across our organization in, in the way that we had expected? And I remember sitting down with actually uh, my manager at the time, uh, and uh, we were having a conversation about this. And uh, he was asking some very kind of simple questions. Uh, back to this, sim this simple aspect. So the first one was like, so what did it take to go to production? What are the number of steps that are required? Why can't we move just a simple workload in? And that kind of got us thinking that perhaps we needed to just flip the, uh, the strategy a bit, because if scaling was really the thing we wanted to go to, if we wanted to ensure that we had more hands-on engineers into public cloud, then we needed to kind of think about this differently. 
And the path we went down was really just kind of flipping the 80-20 the, the rule. So we decided that we would go down and do 20% of the engineering, but maybe for 80% of the uplift. And we had evidence proof here because uh, for JPMC Chase, like we are what I like to refer to as a three plus one cloud provider strategy. So we have a very long, uh, we went very long early days with a private cloud instance and thousands of workloads on that, on that instance and we've got lots of deployments there. Secondly is we've got like a number of uh, uh, public cloud engagements. We are in with the three big cloud providers. There, there are other clouds, that's strange. <laughs> I hadn't heard that. Felix, I'll send you a link on a popular search engine <laughs> after the talk. I can educate you on that one, yeah. Good um, but no, I mentioned that because look, one of the things we wanted to do was understand like why can't we see the same level of adoption uh, in, in the private cloud uh, space uh, as well as in the public cloud. So the thing that we did was we decided to kind of look at our portfolio. So lots of work had happened up until this point, understanding what workloads could go. And actually one of the things that stood out was that for the scaling aspect was we had a fair number of web applications. So these are Spring Boot based. Uh, JPMC is, um, is, is very mature in its usage of open source software. Uh, we have built a number of accelerators that sit around uh, these components that allow our engineers to, to pretty much use native services uh, from open source, but then with all the differentiators that we need for, for our organization. So we had lots of these Spring Boot applications out in the organization. And when I say lots, like, I mean like thousands. And the point here was like, why don't we just look at what we're good at? Why don't we just take one of those workloads and make that, make that the use case? So that was the first aspect. The second one was really this point of, look, those, those big complex workloads, they were drawing us away from really the end customer, recognizing the fact that actually, you know what? It's our engineers that are the, there are paramount people here, you know? Let's put them back in the center of the conversation because one of the key things our operating committee is always saying to us is that, look, a great engineer experience equals a great customer experience. And it felt like we kind of let our size and scale get in front of us and therefore we needed to just readdress that balance. And the third thing we did was this end-to-end -end aspect. So we wanted to make sure that the conversation wasn't necessarily about the public cloud per se, but it was more about, well, what does our engineer actually do? Even with these simple workloads, what do they need to, to have in front of them solved for so they can actually have this kind of frictionless experience? So end-to-end -end was key, and actually there was one key word that made all the difference for us, because in that conversation with my management team, they were like, hey, what do you take to go to production? And that P word, like, that changes focus quite a lot. Yeah. For sure. Look, there's nothing, nothing brings clarity like going to, to production. Um, that's not to say that you don't take dev and test seriously, uh, but if you want to expose like every part of your process that invol that's involved and bring all the right people to the table, nothing does that like saying that word. Moving and targeting production, I think, is the thing that uh, just like astounded me when we, when we met, that you guys were aligned, because that's, that's what moves the needle. I think there was a sigh of relief when we, when we met, right? And you, you heard that, yeah? Indeed. Um, so, so we had production as a goal, and we wanted to understand the end-to-end. -end. So um, again, what do I mean by end-to-end? -end? What we did was we decided that we would take part of our team. So we have, um, in our group and enablement group, we have a team that's very well-versed in the software development lifecycle within our organization. And it was recognizing the fact that, look, this was the key tenant to really get ahead of. So we had a team, and we said to them, look, why don't we time-bound this? Take about four or five weeks, and go basically take a run at taking one of these uh, applications into prod. And 
By that, really, what I meant was that we were going to go and essentially drink our own champagne. We were going to go all the way from the point at which you commit code, go through and get it scanned, get it out and deployed into the Amazon environment, and we wanted to know what, what that happened, uh, what happened in that in that in that space. And essentially, what we were doing was we were learning basically the systems that the vast majority of engineers would go through. Now, it became very apparent as soon as we went into this process. Actually, there was another half to this equation. And uh, this wasn't just about the systems. Um, this was about like this aspect of process. There were humans involved, quite a few of them. And we needed to ensure that actually not only did we understand the systems, but we actually understood the entire process end to end. We had to understand like why weren't we able to move faster than we were at. Um, what were, the what were the points around cybersecurity? What were the points around firewalls? What were the key decisions that were needed to be made to get the toolchain environment stood up and moved across the environments? So this was key for us. And actually, uh, one, one of the things we definitely found um, in, in this phase was that this wasn't as easy as we thought. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, one of the things that, uh, that you may have noticed um, as, as Gurdip was talking, um, is there's a, a bit of British reserve in him. Um, he mentioned, you know, simple, simple applications. Uh, but I just want to assure you, these aren't Hello World apps, right? Um, in fact, it's important to recognize that, that simple doesn't equal easy. Um, when he says a simple app, he's talking about applications that ultimately reveal and exercise like all the difficult things that come with, with actually moving, right? So when he talks about these applications, um, he's talking about applications that have source code, right? And having to tackle how you get stuff that's on-prem and has been on-prem for years, maybe decades, um, into, into AWS, how you actually build that stuff and actually make it running binaries. Like a simple application, by simple I mean like easy to conceptualize, like that's easy to, to kind of understand. Once you have your, your binary shipped, uh, a simple application, um, you know, the ones that, that, that they call simple have amazing number of frameworks built into them. So it takes care of things like identity federation. Like none of their developers have to worry about that. That's just built in. These quote unquote simple applications, mm -hmm. they, uh, they have connections on-prem, right? They use, they use databases, they go gather data, right? All of these things that are required to go and exercise to figure out how do you deal with them. And then beyond the data connections, of course, there's things like endpoint security. How do you handle certificate management, right? You don't need a complex workload to go and work on these problems. A simple one, that's not necessarily easy, will do that for you. So back to the story. So we, had, we said that we were going to time box this to like four or five weeks, and like this would be easy, right? Um, I think we're, we're showing you the fact that there's quite a few other uh, hidden unknowns underneath that, that simple workload to, to resolve for. And, and one of the things that I remember uh, quite vividly, actually, earlier in the year is that I was, again, talking to my manager. And we were having a chat. And he spoke about the, uh, the concept of a cloud party. Like we heard this in an industry. Uh, it was out there, I believe, at reInvent a few years ago. Um, and he was saying to me, like, hey, Gerdit, we should uh, think about maybe doing one of these cloud parties to then and then he said some words after that but like i tell you like i just stopped listening after the word party i was like whatever you're saying i will I, i'm just going to do this thing cuz uh party's good right i mean um this is great cuz we're going to turn up 
We're going to have some fun. Um, we're going to have a great time. So the concept here was that we would uh, try and get all the people that we needed in the room to help us actually drive forward for that goal of understanding end-to-end -to, -end to prod. And for us, actually, quite a few of these web applications were actually based out in, in, in Bangalore and in India. So we decided, actually, that we would uh, we'd go and see them. So we uh, got, on a, got on a flight. Um, we went to India, and we spent a bit of time, uh, and we, we classified this one as party zero. So party zero, the reason why we named it that was because this is almost like our MVP. We didn't really necessarily understand how we we're gonna go into this, because remember, we were walking in here, and we hadn't had all of the confidence of moving it to production at this point. So we were walking in, and, but what we did do was we said, look, we're gonna turn up, we're gonna have some fun. Like, that was the main thing that I had in my mind, to be honest. Um, but the other thing was that we needed to make sure we had everyone that we needed. So the names that we'd heard along the journey of trying to appreciate how you take a workload from uh, concept all the way through to cash was there were names that regularly came up. And we said, fine, let's pull in everyone that we need. Everyone that we need needs to be at this party. Can't be telepresence, can't be on the phone. We need all these folks in the room. Um, now, I personally thought this was going to be very, very simple and straightforward, but man, this was like no party you've ever been to. This was like way harder than we actually thought. And uh, let's dig a little bit into that because uh, let's talk about what we unfolded. So we were going to party, and we were going to party hard. So let's talk about who we invited to the cloud party. So the folks we invited, as you already know, we invited some of the application teams, and, and these were the engineers of these teams. So these were the folks that, again, were looking after those parts of those, those applications I mentioned in the introduction, so they were there. The other folks we brought in were really the names that we'd heard along the journey. So all that process that I'd mentioned earlier, these were those folks. So we're bringing in basically our risk folks, we're bringing in basically folks from the firewall teams. Anyone that we needed, anyone that we required to move forward and make a decision in the moment was in that room. So I would classify them maybe in, in two categories. They were the doers, or they were the approvers. And this was really important because lots of the names we'd had across the board that we needed to bring in, like some of these names, like they weren't the folks that would jump out of you if you just went by the phone book. These were the folks that knew the systems inside out. We had folks all the way from associate through to managing director, they were in that room. If I needed anyone to be there uh, for the engineering teams, they were in that room. You want to open up a firewall port, the folks were there. You wanted to expedite a process, the folks were there. You wanted to understand data for classification rules, the folks were there. So you get the sense. So this was the key aspect of us inviting people in. We even invited Felix in. You were there with your, your team. Had a good time. Oh yeah, you had a good time. Um, and then also the other thing we were doing was before the party, we were trying to understand and appreciate the actual workloads coming in. So we ran like an application assessment process. We called it a boot camp at the time. And this was just making sure that the app coming in was the right fit. We had none of those gorillas just masquerading as web apps, you know, making sure we had the right ones in. Um, the second one, we took in all the feedback from those teams. So these were teams that are on their public cloud journey, trying to move to Amazon. Um, but essentially, there were points that they weren't necessarily able to get over. There were hurdles. There was uh, a, a friction, is, is the term that we use at JPMC Chase. So there was friction that they wanted to deal with, and we took all of that feedback in. The other thing we did was we, uh, we had a conversation with the teams, and... Uh, uh, it always makes me laugh. Uh, you sit down with application teams and ask them about what they want to do with public cloud, and the immediate discussion in the first few words is about services. Hey, like, I need S3, I need EKS, I need Lambda. You guys have got a lot to answer for, man. 
Yeah, it's a, it's a typical thing. Uh, you know, you meet an AWS person, a guy or a gal, and you just want to talk about the services. Uh, but, um, you know, we put uh, the AWS Alphabet Super side, and we just focus on, like, hey, what, what does your app do, right? How does it integrate on-prem? How do you promote your code? Like, that's the stuff that I know you're going to uh, get stuck on. That's the hard stuff. And focusing the conversation there is uh, pretty useful. And again, back to the simplicity aspect. So this was just having a simple, straightforward engineer-to-engineer conversation. And, and, and that's what we were doing ahead of the time. And then really what we were trying to drive was a conversation around uh, patterns. Now, I will apologize unequivocally for using the P word, the pattern word. Um, I will join the ranks of people that uh, just add to the, the, the terminology for, the, for this term, probably the most overused term out there. Um, I'll add, my, add myself in that group. Um, but for us at JPMC, this really means, like, how do we go from concept to cash? So if we're going to give people access to, like, a web application pattern, then let's make sure that all that uh, heavy lifting is done for them, and they can just go focus on actually writing their, uh, uh, their business logic. So this was key thing for us, is driving the conversation away from service by service and more through into patterns. And, and we'll touch on more of that as we, as we unfold the story. And the last piece was really that, look, the customer was the engineers, right? But the other thing we did was we knew that we wanted to appreciate just, just how, what could we do beyond this? This wasn't just like a one-time event in our heads. So we brought in some of the other folks, maybe from some of the teams that were looking for the next set of workload types, and they joined the party as well, and, uh, and they came in at, at various points throughout, throughout the week. Now, the cloud party itself, um, let's just talk about what, what happened. So. The cloud party was really just about putting, um, as you know, we put the application team in the center. Uh, we chose a handful of teams at the time. Common goal for all of them was to move to production. And uh, we took in all of that feedback around the services they wanted. Uh, we took in all the feedback that they were talking to as to why they were unable to move to test and production. And then we also took in all of that understanding, actually from more from our side of like, what do we need to do to enable these patterns? And look, the party itself was really just uh, kind of an iterative cycle. Uh, JPMC is, is, is mature in its, uh, in its agile ways of working. So this was not new to the teams at all that we were working with. We ran stand-ups noon and night. We ran the whole cloud party for four days. So coming on the Monday, run through to uh, through Thursday evening. Like I said, everyone there, no distractions, full focus. And um, like it was great, like great atmosphere. Um, you know, you could see all the flow of work up on up on boards across the room, as you'd expect. Um, the key thing was that everyone was there. They were looking for problems. They were out there trying to understand what would it take to get these folks across the line. Um, and this was this this was excellent for us. And. We'd said that when we walk into this party, we'll basically ring, uh, we'll ring a cowbell. So for those who don't know what a cowbell is, but it makes a lot of noise when you do ring it. Uh, we said we'd do this because we were going to have some fun as well. Uh, we do that every time an application reached production. And uh, I said this was harder than we thought because I thought by Monday afternoon we'd be ringing a cowbell, back to the hotel, sit by the pool, have a good time. Uh, this didn't happen. It didn't happen until maybe late on the Wednesday evening. Uh, we finally managed to get our first application into production, cowbells got wrong. Like, it was, it was a great, great, great experience. You remember, Felix? Uh, it, was, uh, it was definitely euphoric, right? I mean, you can, if you could just imagine for a moment, like, this, this poor guy at a keyboard 
just wrestling with this application, just trying to make this pipeline go end to end, and just being surrounded by folks, just helping, helping to troubleshoot. Um, I mean, everything that, that kind of could go wrong did go wrong. Yeah. Um, I mean, simple things like, uh, you know, why aren't these ports listening on, on the right port? Let me change this configuration. Or even, like, the deployment scripts aren't working. Why aren't the deployment scripts working? Why is your AWS account a floating point number? Wait, did you copy this number from an Excel sheet? It starts at the zero. So, like, all of those little tiny things um, really, uh, really came to the fore. And again, it's all these integration points. So, when the application finally went, it went end to end, right? It went from as soon as he did the commit and then all the way into the infrastructure via code deploy. And I mean, the cowbell, the, the cowbell rang pretty hard. We were pretty excited. Yeah, and actually, the, the, um, once the dust had settled, actually, and uh, we were sitting down, and like, kind of, maybe at the after party, if you want to call it that, um, once the dust had settled, we, we actually realized that, look, this was key because for the first time, we had some real truth around what it takes to go end to end. Um, we had this feedback, which was, which was immense because it was, it was there with all the people in the moment. We'd managed to shrink our entire organization down and actually use our size and scale to our advantage. We were essentially creating the, the JP Morgan uh, microcosm around these application teams, and it, and it was working. Um, that feedback was critical as well because, look, when you had all the folks in the room, the thing that was priceless was basically the empathy by everyone there. They understood the experience, and I recognized people in that room having a view on what they then needed to do to make that process better. And this whole thing for us, like what felt like maybe airing dirty laundry at the time when it actually happened, because remember, there's there like tickets to be opened, there was approvals to happen, there was lots and stuff, of stuff, which wasn't necessarily the, uh, the, the pivotal um, paramount experience that we, we expected. But the key thing was that, look, this was really gold dust for us. And we recognized that we could take all of this feedback and and really just go and create the backlog that we wanted to work on next. So we took all that, and uh, we decided to actually take a view of um, feeding this back in again. And we didn't want this to be like a hackathon. We didn't want this to be a one-time event. Like, these were production workloads. These weren't proof of concepts. They weren't people testing things out. These were real systems. And, and it was critical for us to ensure that, look, we need to go back. Let's go build the momentum again. So uh, I remember calling up Felix and I said, hey, Felix, man, we're going to go again. And uh, I think at that point you were expecting me to say months, but I said, no, nah, we're going to go back in eight weeks' time. That was, That's the point when you fell off your chair? That was, uh, that was pretty shocking, right? Um, you know, th these folks, they're a big customer, um, and I'm not accustomed to them moving that quickly. So it was a little bit of a shock. Yeah, yeah. And so, so look, we decided we are going to go again in eight weeks' time. We said that we would go basically fix a number of top priority items. The critical thing was that we didn't want to get swayed by trying to go for the art of perfection. Because lots of people were asking us to fix so many things. Um, but no, that's not what we we're going to do. We we're going to fix the key items around maybe some of the aspects around the onboarding pieces. We we're going to make sure that some of those things were solved for, but we just go again. And it's that relentless focus that I believe is the thing that's really kind of helped us out. So we understood and we said, look, we'll fix the top priority items. We'll organize ourselves in such a way we can do that. And actually, uh, Felix is used to this now, but uh, you know, every single time we try to do things differently. Um, the thing we wanted to do at the next uh, event was we wanted to go and test out if we could use our scale to our advantage. So the thing that uh, I said to Felix in the telephone conversation was, we're going to go again 
we're not just going to run this in Bangalore. We're going to run this in two sites in the US. And by the way, we're going to run a huge more number of workloads in. You like that bit, yeah? It's a bit shocking. Yeah. So we went bigger, we went bolder, and um, because we had a pattern now understood, uh, we knew we could go and drive this with confidence because it was repeatable. It was repeatable with a number of automated pieces in it, and this was great. So we ran now what we refer to as Cloud Party 1, and this was kind of August timeframe this year. And uh, Cloud Party 1 was, if I, need, if I can probably summarize this one, it was this is the one. This is the one we have had key business engagement, and we ran it across multiple sites. We were evidencing the fact that we can use uh, our scale uh, definitely in the right way. We were making sure that we could take in significant number of workloads. These weren't just the simple web apps anymore. We were moving into the spaces of maybe big data. We were taking some of the hard work that was done in those early years and actually bringing it back out on the table, sprinkling a little bit more gold dust on top and making sure that it was available for the organization. But the key tenant was put the customer in the middle, put the engineer in the middle, wrap teams around them, focus on making sure that this stuff goes to prod. And look, we did move more applications to production. This was great. The other thing we actually had was we had applications that only made it to development and test. And so some people in the room, like that was, um, that was not seen as kind of them reaching their target, but actually it was really, really useful because from that we could understand that, look, these applications are in dev and test, but there's reasons for that. There's reasons that we now need to come back and cycle around on and understand what we're doing to do to move them into production. And I keep harking on about the production world. I get lots of folks internally asking, like, why are you so relentlessly focused on production? Because production provide focus. Production is the thing that really changes the conversation. Heightened awareness happens when production comes in. And, uh, and, and, and that's what needs to happen. Again, um, Felix, uh, you, you were with us in August. Um, yeah, that's when I knew it got professional, right? I think you guys rolled out ice cream for, yeah. for the party. That's yeah. when I knew this was, this was repeatable and, uh, and doable. It was definitely repeatable. And again, look, uh, you guys know the story now. Uh, I called up Felix again. Uh, he didn't really learn from the first time. I said, we're going to do this again. I think you by this time you're quite sore from pulling off your chair. Um, but we decided, look, we're going to run this again. And you know, the observant of you will see that the number of things that we're now taking in is starting to increase. So we, again, went multi-site. We decided we'd run a huge more number of workloads in. We'd actually go and push the conversation on further set of patterns and services. And this was key for us, because this wasn't just about simple apps. And again, like this was, uh, we're talking here about September timeframe. So we've moved fast in a very short period of time. And again, all based on the hard work that's done up until that point. So we moved more apps into production. Uh, you get the picture. Um, and we kept rotating. We kept rotating this wheel. And uh, we just actually recently wrapped uh, Cloud Party 3. Uh, we just recovered from that jet, jet lag and then come back out here again. Um, but the key thing was, again, it was multi-site. We made sure that we brought a, a huge number of workloads in. And the key thing was building momentum. Momentum is a thing that keeps this thing going forward. It sounds obvious, but that momentum needs to be there. The pipeline, the pipeline of applications was actually recarved, uh, rethought about, because we were now basing it on these patterns that we understood. We had a clear line of sight around what worked and what didn't. And uh, like I have to say, like having a healthy pipeline, having business teams that completely understand their workloads is critical and vital for this, essentially this machine to, to keep running. Um, and look, we're moving more apps into production, which is, uh, which is fantastic for us. So, 
The thing that I've been talking about so far is really just about the speed aspect, uh, but I want to talk a bit about the scaling part of this, this talk. So for us, um, I mentioned in the introduction that we've now moved to a point where we're seeing that trajectory go right up. And that's because scale. That's because we've been able to now actually wrap an entire program around this piece. And, and that's due to a few facets. So the first one is that we've recognized our flywheel. Every single time when we turn the wheel, we hand crank these cloud parties, like they get the attention. Like internally, I always say that the cloud party is the thing that everyone remembers and they get excited about. But actually, it's the work that we do pre and post. Like that's where the hard work really happens. So you come out of the party, you go assemble the team, you go fix the key items. We're, we're driving towards this process where every single time we just keep going and the flywheel is there. And, and we call this program the slipstream pro program at JPMC Chase. Um, every single time we're removing friction. Every single time we're making sure that we're just moving ahead. Again, perfection is not holding us back. Um, and, there's, and there's four aspects now to this entire program that we have. So we now that the thing that sits in the middle is, is the cloud parties. It's those implementation events that we have. Um, and there's, there's pieces to this puzzle that now are, are very mature and in, and in play. So the first one is that from a, from a solutions architecture standpoint, uh, we're able to now take that bootcamp process and just bolster that right up. So we have essays in place across our lines of businesses. They're in, they're at these party events. They're getting feedback, straight, direct feedback on what works and what doesn't. We can go back, review architectures, understand what we need to do next, and it's a great two-way process. The next aspect of this that happens, again, all that work pre and post these parties is around our CI, CD toolchain. And we're making sure here that, again, all the folks that are involved in that toolchain are there right in the moment. They can understand how this process works end to end. They can understand the customer feedback. And, um, and it's vital to then ensure that we move and we keep going, um, going again. And again, the other aspects, I haven't really spoken much about it in, in today's conversation, but we've, uh, we've got our SRE function now in, in place, and the SRE function is sitting there uh, across time zones. They're part of these events as well. They're watching applications in production. They're able to understand what was going to happen in, in real world. And that feedback cycle is helping them understand the types of workloads, understand the humans behind the systems, um, and actually really kind of keep building that, the, that, that empathetic link uh, with our folks. And the, and the other one is really just the platform. So our uh, like amazing platform team that, that sit around this entire space, um, they're there. They're helping drive an understanding of you know, networking, they're understanding the domain services we need to build out, understanding how we orchestrate and deliver this, this whole experience to our customers. Uh, and again, like it's, it's something that we've, we've born out of an understanding across the year. And I said in the introduction that the, the Do Then program is, is key for us because we have built this program, but the key point is that the program didn't come first. We spent our time doing, we spent our time understanding how we build the flywheel, and from that has come the aspects of how we now program manage this, if you want, for a better term. Um, and I think that's paid dividends for us, and uh, if I could take some of that British reserve away, I believe that we've now moved from talking about cloud to doing cloud. That's, uh, that's quite American of you. How you Americans do it? Yeah. 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 Not clearly. <laughs> so, so let's cover some of the um, let's cover some of the takeaways that I discussed at the beginning of the conversation. So, I had this point around the fact that our journey wasn't straightforward, and actually taking a leap of faith and going end to end was critical for us. 
And again, I can only share with you the experiences that we have, but I hope that these will move forward into whatever industry you're in. Um, because going into end was the thing that made such a difference for us. Second one was going end to end, but actually recognizing the feedback mechanism and understanding that production was the thing that was really going to flush pieces out. Um, but again, but then building the cohort, building building the team that could really push through organizational boundaries and go and go take a good run at this. And it was focus, and that leads me on to kind of the keeping it simple piece. The questions around why can't you just go again? Why can't you just move these workloads to production? The simple questions are sometimes the hardest to answer, but for us, like, they've been the ones. They've been the ones that kept us grounded throughout this entire process. I remember back in August, it was a, it was a conversation on the lines of, hey, like, we've done a number of workloads. Let's scale this out now. Like, let's, just, let's just go and, and run this across our entire, uh, entire estate. And it was, the answer was no. We're just going to fix a few things, and we're going to go again. We're going to learn, we're going to go again. And I think it's that focus, it's that simplicity that's really helped us push through. But then, look, we have the powerhouse of, of JPMC's size and its scale that comes in and basically just helps us move uh, at pace. And, and that's the thing that has helped, but it's the simplicity that's, uh, that, that, that's kind of got us there and cut through some of the, uh, the conversations that we were in um, earlier on. And then this aspect around the do-then program, so there's two parts of this. So one is, uh, yes, we're now grounded in an understanding of how to do, and that drives uh, lots of the conversations. Um, the second one is actually the, um, the, the key one is actually the executive sponsorship. So at JPMC Chase, like, none of this would have happened without the exec sponsorship uh, from top down in terms of saying, like, just go do. Just go do and let's move forward. Um, and that's fantastic to see in, in, in the culture we have at the firm. And then the other one is that like, our enablement team, um, if I had to classify, the majority of them are hands-on engineers. You need a hands-on hands -on engineering team that really understand how to build this stuff, but then you need to marry them up with folks that know your organization. So for us, it was about knowing how to do STLC at JPMC. It was, for us, it was knowing about how does this stuff even work within our environment. It was less about actually the public cloud provider, um, but that was key. So an enablement team that knows those two pieces, but it also has the organizational kind of political understanding is key. Having folks that can run change, but how change works in your organization and marry them up, that's what we found has been a really, really healthy balance because we haven't swayed too far to technical or too far to program delivery. Um, and we kind of hit that sweet spot. So it's great that we're in this space. It's great that we're able to, to, to move like this. Um, I mentioned a number of things today, um, and I have to say that one of the key things, though, that actually make, makes this uh, such a unique story for us is that it's the people. It's the people at JP Morgan Chase. Like, they're the ones that basically make the difference. Like, without them, none of this would have happened. So we set up the stage, we set up the environment, um, but it's these folks. These folks do all the hard work. Um, I get the easy job with Felix come up here and talk about this thing, uh, but it's these folks across the year that have been doing the hard graft. They're the ones that have been making sure this moves forward, and it's great to see. It's great to see us using our size and scale, acting in a nimble manner, and really creating a, an engineering experience that is world-class and helping us drive forward uh, with, with our business. Um, and it's so, it's so good to, to now see the momentum moving, uh, see people like smiling and being happy about this entire thing. Um, and look, the fact that uh, we can have some fun along the way is, like, that's just the icing on the cake. So thanks for your uh, 
time today. Um, I think that's what we wanted to cover off. Felix? Thanks so much. Thanks so Thank much. You. Thank you, everyone, for coming. Thanks.